This is The Recap, a weekly reflection on the sermons of Fellowship Baptist Church in Mainville, Ohio, seeking to help you make Jesus essential in every aspect of your life. I'm your host this week, for the first time, Brent Wilson, and I'm here with the preacher of this week's sermon, Ryan Lane. How you doing, Ryan? This is weird. This is weird. Our roles have been reversed. Yeah. Usually I'm Larry King and you're <laughs> you're the guest, but yeah. this week, I'm, I wonder if Larry King felt weird getting interviewed. Uh, probably he's always the interview. I've never seen it happen. I'm I sure mean, it did. I mean, either, but yeah. So I, I'm in the driver's seat. I'm going to, yeah, you take us I'm, wherever you want to go. I'm going to take the wheel. Here we go. So this week you preached, uh, from Proverbs chapter three on, yeah. uh, the wise community and how wisdom, uh, develops the sort of community that Jesus is building us into. As we talk about wisdom, you know, we're talking about a wisdom that is not of this world, a wisdom that is from God and uh, the to the world appears foolish, appears, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I think you said it toward the end of the sermon, like yeah. the cross is, a, is, is folly to those yeah, who yeah. are perishing. Well, the, the, I mean, the very end of the, all the whole of Proverbs 3 is, you know, it's like the wise will inherit honor uh, and the fools will be disgraced. And so it's, it's the fundamental question of the whole proverb, I think, mm. is like, what even is wisdom? Yeah. Who will receive honor? Yeah, who will yeah, be disgraced. Yeah. And so, uh, your first two points here were really, uh, you know, a picture of an upside down world that the the world would not say these things are wise to do, but mm-hmm. we have a wisdom that's from above, and so they, yeah. they, God tells us that it actually is wise to live this way. And so, I want to just jump in and ask you about your first one. Your well, first, well, actually, before we jump in there, okay. I just had this thought as I was I was looking through Proverbs three, and I didn't I didn't have time to talk about this in my sermon. Oh, but, okay. uh, we all kind of. We all know the beginning of Proverbs 3, uh, you know, tr- Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not in your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him as he will make a path straight. Yeah. Uh, be not wise in your own eyes, all that stuff. And so one of the interesting things about Proverbs 3 is there's this expansive focus of the proverb. And so it begins, right? Like, do not lean on your understanding. It's all about your own wisdom, uh, you as the, the individual. Uh, but then is is when we get to, and it kind of follows the same pattern as as the text we looked at on Sunday. Is there's uh, what is wisdom for you, the individual, and then what will it result in, uh, and then and then the 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 vision expands to not what is wisdom for you, but what is wisdom for us mm, as a, as yeah. a community, yeah. and then what does that result in for mm. our community? And so I didn't I didn't get to talk about that much uh, on Sunday, but it is the, the all of Proverbs three is really interesting. Because it starts out with what can I do? How can I live in wisdom? And what will that mm-hmm. uh, result in? How will my life change? And then it's like, okay, how can we live in yeah. wisdom together? Yeah. And what will that result in for our community? Yeah, no, that's um, good. And so we kind of camped out in the second half of, of that teaching in uh, uh, on Sunday. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, and you know, it's a, it's a wisdom. We, we lean not on our own understanding because we're leaning on the wisdom of God. And yeah. that's going to change both us as individuals and us as a community. Mm-hmm. You, you started out talking about uh, the first thing is generosity. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, it goes back to what we just said that it is not a thing of the world to be generous. Yeah. The world would say, take what is yours, keep, hoard, mm-hmm. uh, spend it on yourself. Uh, uh, but God seems to say to give it away, to give to the poor, to give to the needy. Uh, to be generous. And so, so talk to me a little bit about why it's wise to be generous and, and what Proverbs three tells us about that. Yeah. Well, so the first, the first two verses that we looked at, you know, 27 and 28 um, talk about both talk about giving. Well, really talk about not withholding, right? Not yeah. keeping for yourself. And so 
stated positively, right? That's that's to give away, to to give away. And verse 27 is, is kind of this more general statement about not withholding good. So we want to think about that. And and I I tried to 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 say this on Sunday, uh, but as not just physical things, I think 20 verse 28 is specifically about sharing or generosity with material things, with okay. our money, with uh, I don't know why, but when I read verse 28, I think about like borrowing tools from your neighbor okay. and like, and like, you know, you being like, Hey neighbor, you got a, you got a shovel I can borrow. And you like behind, like are holding a shovel behind your back and you're like, uh, uh, yeah. Can I, can I give it to Yeah. Can I give it to you later? You know, I don't know why that's like the <laughs> yeah. image I get, but it's like this image of you have something that yeah. your neighbor needs a physical, material, tangible yeah, yeah. thing, and you're withholding it from them. Mm. And, 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 and not even just like. And the proverb doesn't say like you never give it to them, but it's saying you delay in giving it to them. And so gotcha. there's, there's, it's wise to be quick to generosity. Okay. Um, but for, back to verse 27, it's more, it's less material. It's just sort of talking about doing good for people, Okay. which can be material things, but it can also be immaterial things. It can be building up an encouragement. Yeah. Um, it can be being, uh, someone that is lit, that listens to you. Right. It, there's tons of immaterial ways that we can be, we can do good uh, by others. And so. And did um, you talk about this uh, in verse, I can't remember if you did or not, uh, at the end of that verse or kind of the middle, for, from those whom it is due? Yeah. Whom is it due? Well, so that's, that's really interesting. Bibles have a footnote okay. and, and, and that can be translated as do not withhold good from those who, it, who own it. Or do not with, uh, what is it? Uh, do not withhold good for, yeah. Do not withhold good from those who own it. Okay. Uh, is this where you talked about the legal moral thing? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, t- so jump into that because yeah. uh, I, I was a little confused about that. I think some clarity would be helpful. Yeah. It's, it's a little, it's, it's a little bit confusing because it's, it's an untangible, it's an intangible thing. But, um, I, I think about it like this. When we say we feel obligated to help someone okay, or we owe it to them. That actually is is a, is a biblical notion. Okay, is because when we see a need or we see someone who is do some good, uh, and we have the power to do that good. That's a really important thing about verse twenty seven. Mm-hmm. It's like, and you have the power to do it. Uh, now, obviously, the it's not asking that we are able to help everyone at all times, always. But yeah, saying yeah. when you have the power to do it, no longer uh, do you have. Really, it's saying no longer do you have a choice. Mm. Saying because you, uh, maybe you legally don't have to help that person. Uh, you see. legally don't have to okay. let that person borrow something. You don't have to encourage that person. But when you see the need and fail to do it, you're actually stealing from that person because they own the good that you can do them. Okay. It is so, so you as the giver of the good mm-hmm. actually owe it to them, not mm. the other way around. Okay. And so that's why I said legally... You may, you may own that thing, yeah, yeah. right? You may, you have the rights to it. Yeah. You have the right over it. Like the thing with the shovel, right? Yeah, I bought the shovel. Yeah, yeah. My neighbor wants the shovel. I have the shovel. Uh, legally it's mine. But as soon as he says he needs it, he, it's his, right? I'm, I'm to give it over to him. And if I keep it for myself, that's actually sinning against my neighbor. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, and from, so from a divine wisdom perspective, we're saying, uh, I own the thing, but, uh, God would tell me as soon as it's asked and I have the power to give it, I should, it, it ceases to be mine to be in the yours. sense that I should be giving it away. Yeah. And, and, and 
well, just like that Ray Ortland quote that I that I oh, quoted. Yeah. You know, he says, uh, "If we have the ability, they have the ownership." Mm. So when we have the ability to help, they have the ownership of the help. They already they already deserve yeah, it. Yeah, that's that's so countercultural. Yeah, I mean, a hundred percent. Like that's even jarring to me a little bit. It's like, no, it's mine. Yeah. You know? We're all, we're like, we're like yeah. Gollum. Yeah. Or I know? think about in the great divorce, the guy who's like, I just got to have my rights. See? Oh yeah. You know, it's, it's mine. It's my rights. You know, no one else can have my rights. Very American yeah, Western yeah. idea. Uh, and this is very obviously not written in Western culture. And so, yeah. Uh, and, and one thing it does like so radically is you stop looking inwardly at what you have and what you need. And, mm. but you start your, it refocuses your eyes. Yeah. To say, well, when I'm when I see the good and I can help, yeah, like I'll do it. Yeah. Uh, and so you talked about the tangible things and, and and the intangible things. One thing just came to my mind is your time. Oh yeah. You know, uh, I think that's something we we guard a lot, and you know, or even just not even guard, but like, you know, I, I could go help that guy move, but I really yeah, want to yeah. take a nap. You know, oh yeah. I, I got to work in my garden. Well, or whatever. One thing I one thing I think about, and I made. This is like a step on my toes. Oh, pastor, step on bit. my toes. Preacher. But one thing people say a lot of the times when it comes to serving in the church is like, well, uh, that's time to, for me to fill my cup. Oh, yeah. You know, that's, yeah, that's time that. for, that's time for me to, to be energized. To be, so I can't actually serve on a Sunday morning because that's, that's time for me to fill my cup. Me time. Um, and that's exactly what we're saying church is, right? We're saying it's me time. It's mm. for me. Yeah. Uh, but this verse invites us out of that. And says there's actually no such thing as you time. It's us, especially time. on a Sunday morning. Yeah, the Sunday morning is the most us time yeah. that that we have. Um, yeah. And so a Sunday morning, or, or really, you might even say it's it's you time that becomes us time. Yeah, right. I, I'm there. I'm showing up to pour into as you as a servant to you. I'm pouring into you, and then by by product by uh, you know the the goal end result of that is mm-hmm. I'm getting blessed and filled. Yeah, by pouring, we're pouring we're out. all served. Uh, when everyone serves, yeah, yeah. right? Ooh, ooh. Yeah, that'll preach. Wish I'd have thought of that on Sunday. <laughs> but it's like, but like, but seriously, yeah, like, yeah. like when there's not 15 people carrying the responsibility, they don't get drained, right? Right, and and you know when so when we all commit and we all share and mm-hmm. are generous with our time uh, and our encouragement and our gifts, uh, then then everyone is served, right? We're and, all served. Say that again. I'm writing that when, down. When we all serve, uh, we're all served. I think is what I said. That's good. Yeah. I'm going to tweet that. Okay. Like, Yoda, <laughs> like a Yoda tweet. <laughs> no, that's great. Uh, so anyway, yeah, it's, it's a, re- it, and it's a really hard thing. And so one thing I said on Sunday that I think is super important is that that's a high bar, hmm. right? That we'll never accomplish. Right. But it's not a check. This is not a checklist. Proverbs, the end of Proverbs, yeah. a checklist. It's an invitation. It's like, hey, hey, be like this. Yeah. This is what we're trying to emulate because Jesus is ultimately the only one who can serve everyone perfectly at all times. He's the one that has the authority and the power, yeah. uh, and he does not hoard it for himself. Yeah. But he freely gives it away. Yeah, I think it's also really important the point you you pointed out about uh, when you have the power to do it. Mm-hmm. And so I think sometimes we can feel overwhelmed by, you know, whatever crisis or humanitarian problem or yeah or whatever it's like man i want to do something about that and i don't even know where to start and it's like mm-hmm. well maybe you don't have the power to do anything about it but uh so when you do have the power then you should do it mm-hmm. yeah F- and find a way yeah, yeah something you do have the power to do right yeah for sure 
Absolutely. All right. So we talked about generosity. Then you talked about peace and mm-hmm. so how uh, uh, it is wise to be to live in peace. So talk, so talk to me about peace. Um, yeah. So he, uh, you know, Solomon kind of stacks these 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 commands against each other. And at first it starts with action you take. So he says, don't plan evil against your neighbor who lives trustingly beside you. And so there, you know, we just say like, hey, we all neighbor, I, I talked about, I briefly mentioned the Good Samaritan, all that we, all the people in our midst are our neighbor. Uh, all, even the, the person you least expect to be, the, to be your neighbor is, is your neighbor. Mm. And so don't do anything that's going to breach the trust of your neighbor, right? So don't plan evil against them. Don't, don't do, don't act in any way that's going to breach their trust, right? That's in how you act. That's in how you speak. It's like, we want to maintain uh, trust between uh, one another. And so we don't undermine each other. We don't gossip about one another. We don't lie about one another okay. or to one another. But then, so it's like, don't do that. And then this is, this is such a, it's like, it's like Solomon looked in the future and saw 2023. He's like, don't contend with a man for no reason when he has done you no harm. And so I think hmm. that's a really hard thing for us in 2023 because everyone is so contentious all the time yeah. and is, but is really aren't doing any harm to anyone, right? Like, like a Facebook post that mm-hmm. you disagree with mm-hmm. is not actually doing harm to you. Mm-hmm. You just disagree with it. But if you go in and start being contentious in the comments oh, or yeah, whatever, yeah. right? It's like, yeah. this person hasn't done, actually hasn't harmed you in any way. Mm-hmm. You're just being contentious. Right. Uh, and so we, we gotta be really careful. I, I mean, I think social media just amplifies this. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, even in my own life, right? Just like the, it amplifies the temptation to be like, I'm going to go be contentious in mm-hmm. the comments and you know, whatever. Uh, and so like, you know, I've had to just be like, <laughs> I just got to step away. Right. Oh yeah. Uh, because I, I am tempted in this way to just go be contentious with people who I, I think are doing me harm, but they're really not doing me, yeah. uh, you know, any, any harm. Uh, but, and it's interesting, you know, <clears throat> right now there's this whole idea that, you know, speech is violence. Yeah. You yeah. Know, yeah. You say something, you say the wrong word, the wrong phrase or whatever. It's violence. against mm-hmm. me. It's like, but it's really not. No. It's yeah, really not yeah. hurting you. And so, yeah, that, that, that's a tough thing uh, across the, across the spectrum of, of beliefs and opinions. Yeah, for sure. We have. Uh, and so, so is this a quote that we talked about how, uh, you know, we don't need to admire or stoop to division even in the defense of something righteous. Yeah, yeah. So, so he goes on and he doesn't just say, hey, don't be contentious, don't plan evil. But he says, don't envy men of violence and don't choose their ways. Okay. And so not only are we not to do these things, we're also not to like, feed that temptation inside of us by approving when other, other, when other people do it. Mm. So maybe you're not going off and being contentious in the Facebook mm-hmm. comments or the Twitter comments yeah. or whatever, but you kind of in your own heart are cheering on yeah. when people are, yeah, you yeah. know, or when, when people are fighting, uh, I had this, I thought of this example. It's like, you know, someone may have been super mean to you and you didn't do anything about it. You didn't retaliate in any way, yeah. but then that same person is mean to another person and that person kind of lights into them, you know, mm-hmm. and like tears them a new one ever. And you on the inside are kind of like, yeah, you deserve it. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. Which is like not how we're supposed to be. Right. We're supposed yeah. to be fighting, uh, you know, for peace can, uh, you know, and so I think the new Testament says to live peaceably among everyone. live peaceably. Yeah. 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 That's exactly right. And so I, I think 
one of the really hard things about this is we can be tempted because everyone in our mitt or everyone in our in our eye line these days uh, in the news headlines and videos and podcasts and whatever they make money and they get clicks by being contentious. Oh yeah, and we fall for it hook, line, and sinker, and. So then we, that, all that does is build the temptation in us to be contentious, Mm. to go belittle people, to go, uh, you know, ostracize people, to make fun of people, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and, and and so either we, we are tempted to do those things or we're tempted to celebrate those things. And it's just, it's, it's super dangerous. Right. Mm. And, and the reason it's dangerous is because of what it says next is that it's like, this is an abomination to the Lord. Hmm. Right. The, 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 it was fascinating when you pointed that out Sunday, because the, the one time people quote things that are abomination to the Lord, it's homosexuality, it's homosexuality. Yeah. Everyone's like homosexuality is an abomination. It's like, you know what else? And they is elevate that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know what else is an abomination? Being devious. Yeah. Like lying about people, uh, misrepresenting people, being contentious. Right. Even, and this is where it's super hard, even in the midst of defending something righteous, if you, if you stoop to the level of, of deviousness, of contentiousness, yeah. It's an abomination. And that's the hard part, I think, today, because you can look at something that you clearly think is obviously wrong. You know, it's yeah. like, this isn't a gray issue. This is just bad. Yeah. Right? But some people are for it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And and you see people piling on and pointing out how horrible it is, how bad it is for society, for kids, for whatever. And it, it it's really tempting to go, yeah, we need, that's terrible. Let's jump mm-hmm. on that bandwagon and, and, and beat that thing up because it is bad. Uh, but you're saying... Uh, no, you're not saying the Bible is saying no, like you can be against something. You can think something's bad, but, but approach it rightly. So mm-hmm. let me, so let me ask you this. Like, you know, we, we don't want to, you said it, even the, in the defense of something righteous, we don't want to stoop to divisive language, belittling. Da, mm-hmm. da, da. So how and when is it appropriate or right to defend something that is righteous? Um, because we don't want to just be. Uh, people who passive laying down, you know, Jesus didn't just lay down mm-hmm. and get ran over about everything. Mm-hmm. You know, he took a whip and flipped money changers over and, and, and drove people out of the temple. And so when is it right? And how do we defend the righteous causes or against evil? Yeah. Um, well, first the, the Jesus situation is like, that's his house. And so like, if someone comes in your house, maybe, and is like, you know, you know, polluting the holiness of it. I don't know how holy your house is, but <laughs> like, that's a little bit of a tricky example, I think, but it, it's not in, I'm not saying don't defend, uh, let, let's just take the issue of abortion, right? Okay. Um, we, we want to be pro-life. We want to be anti-abortion. Uh, we want to create a culture that recognizes life begins at conception. Right. But what we don't want to do is say, and we'll get there at any means necessary. Right. And so we have to contend peacefully. Uh, we have to contend uh, rightly. And I don't mean like rightly in terms of moral. I mean rightly in terms of intellectually. We have to have all our facts straight. We yeah. have to have all of the best arguments. We have to have, we don't need to lie about uh, the other side. We don't need to uh, demonize the other side. We don't need to belittle or mock or whatever the other side. It's like, because we believe we have the best argument. Yeah. You know, Keller talks about how, you know, we should uh, frame the other side's argument yes. so well that if they heard us say it, they go, yeah, exactly what he said. Yep. They would agree. Instead of making a straw man of like, here's their mm-hmm. position, you know, uh, embrace it rightly. One of the things that just came to my mind was how is it that Christians uh, got rid of the Roman Colosseum games? 
Right, right. Yeah. So, so you've got the Coliseum. They're throwing Christians and all kinds of people to lions. They're, they're being entertained by just brutality and violence. People being ripped to shreds by animals and gladiator fights and all this. And the way it ended was Christians being thrown into the Coliseum, refusing to fight. Mm-hmm. So they stood there and allowed the lions to rip them apart. And people realized, oh, this is gross. And the emperor yeah. shut it down. And so it's like, uh, the there's a way to fight for the righteous cause that is, it may cost you, but it's admirable and it's wise and mm-hmm. it's peaceable um, and actually gets the job done. Yeah. Romans, we don't stoop to worldly ways to get heavenly gains. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Romans 12 talks about do not over, you know, overcome darkness with light, mm. right? We're not going to fight fire with fire. Yeah. That's just not how Christians operate. Yeah. Or wisely operate. It's yeah. not how we should operate. Yeah. And so uh, we want to be seen as the most, and and I'll just say like this, this issue, I think we see like dropping church attendance numbers among younger millennials mm-hmm. and, and Gen Z and uh, Gen Alpha behind them. This issue is largely related to that drop off is that they have grown up in a time seeing Christians fight and fight and fight and fight. Uh, with each other yeah. and with the world in these ugly, evil, demonic, yeah. uh, uh, you know, abomination to the Lord ways. Mm-hmm. And people look at communities like that. They're constantly fighting with each other and constantly fighting with the outside and saying, I don't want to be a part of that. Yeah. Um, and so, but if we build a, a safe haven, if we build a harbor that welcomes, you know, that the waters are, are peaceful you know, people are going to come in off the tumultuous waves of, of the culture and of other churches and, and other, uh, you know, Christian communities that are fighting constantly. And they're going to find safe haven when when we act wisely and right. peacefully among one another. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just it builds up so much of our culture right now is dominated by fighting. If we can build a place that's marked by peace yeah. and not conflict, yeah. it's going to be radical. Well, it's interesting, you know, part of our core values or part of our mission statement Right is that we're we're the gospel is proclaimed, understood, and practiced, mm-hmm. and so part of the gospel practice, the gospel lived out, means that you're living in a way that people look at you and go, the way they're living doesn't make sense to me. Why why are they like that? And so one of those things is, why are they living peaceably mm-hmm. amongst those they radically disagree with, mm-hmm. peaceably amongst those they should hate? Yeah, you know, and so that's a. That's a jarring reality. And when, especially young Christians or, you know, younger people looking up, do I want to be a Christian? See that it, it should be striking. It should, mm-hmm. see, it should be the gospel on display. Yeah. I think about, you know, the story of Rosaria Butterfield and how, you know, she was uh, in a longstanding lesbian relationship. She was a liberal English professor. And there was a Christian pastor and his wife that invited her over for dinner. And uh, just like were her friend. Yeah. And just lived peacefully among her, had her over, I can't remember if it's every week or every month, but not only is that a testimony, uh, was that a testimony to Rosaria Butterfield, yeah. but to that, the, the community that this guy is leading, this pastor and his wife are leading is to say, well, they are living peacefully among people who we radically disagree with. And pe- people want that. People long for that because r- really we see ourselves as on the outside a lot of, t- a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we say, oh, if he can, if our pastor can live peacefully among someone like that, he can live peacefully with me too. Oh, yeah. He can fully know me and fully love me. Yeah. 
Uh, and so it's, it's just a, our peace is a testimony to the love of Christ that is in us, that we've been united in Christ despite our sin, despite mm-hmm. our brokenness, and that we can uh, love and uh, invite and show hospitality to and show generosity and peace and encouragement to those we radically disagree with. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Well, so you talked about these things and these are wise ways of living and you said they have a result. They result mm-hmm. in blessing, but you said blessing is not maybe what we think it is. So yeah, talk yeah. to me about how these things result in blessing and what that blessing is. Gosh, I almost just didn't preach these verses. Like it was just like, <laughs> it was making me sweat because it feels so, uh, we live in such a prosperity gospel age yeah. like that's dominated by the prosperity gospel. And so pretty much anytime I hear the word blessing, I'm always like, well, was, what do you mean, Pastor? Scratch, record scratch a little bit. I'm like, I'm not buying a prayer cloth or whatever. And so I didn't want to. I didn't want to come off like that. And yeah. so one of the most important things is that it's not. I talked about blessings aren't transactions, right? Or blessings aren't possessions. Uh, and that this this uh, this community is not. It's not transactional. And so the blessing we're getting from God, one is not is not material. It's like our church is not necessarily going to get uh, a mystery million dollar grant because we start living like this, yeah. right? It's like, it, that could happen. Yeah. Like I say, it's not going to happen. Uh, but, and it would be the Lord's ble- blessing if it did happen, but that's not the promise he's making right. uh, here. He's not saying, Hey, if you live peacefully and you live generously, then I'm going to, I'm going to bless the church. You're going to get a bigger building and you're going to have more people and you're going to have more money. And you know, all, all of, you know, ev- you're going to be wor- successful in the worldly definition, yeah. right? you get more money, more people, new building. That's worldly success. We don't we don't care about that stuff. Yeah. We don't care about being worldly. What we care about is seeing people made disciples of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And so, the blessing here is that our capacity to do that will increase. Our we'll be primed to be better evangelizers. We'll be primed to be better disciplers. We'll be primed to be more bold in our our ethics and our proclamation of the word and all of those things, when we live like this, mm. I mean, the Holy Spirit will work. And whether it's through the, our generosity and our 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 peace, right? Through the, the wise living, right? That's the means, the vehicle with which the blessing comes. Or if it's like supernaturally comes to us, right? I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely not possessions. Right. That's not what he's saying. And it's definitely not transactions. It's not like, hey, hey God, we're, we're doing the thing. We're doing the peace. We're doing the generosity. Like <laughs> hand over the blessing. Yeah, yeah. Right. We don't do it with expectation, but I think it is like the it's the natural byproduct. Um, you talked about a garden, and it's like yeah. when you've tilled the garden and planted mm-hmm. the seeds and watered them, everything the is comes. primed for something yeah. to grow. Yeah. And so what you don't do is go out in your go out in your garden or go out in your yard, dig a hole, throw some seeds in there, cover them up, and then leave. Yeah. Like you should not expect fruit. But I think many of us live in our, our church and our church community like that when we it was like, well, I show up on Sunday and I give my 10% and I, you know, I, hmm. and I leave and I get my <laughs> coffee and I, and I go out, you know, and I go to my Sunday school class, whatever. When it's this passive thing, yeah. we're just digging the hole, throwing the seeds in and covering it up. Mm-hmm. But when we're, uh, you know, encouraging one another, when we're being transparent, you know, I'll quote it every podcast, first John one nine, you know, it's like when we're, when we're walking in the light, right. Yeah. He's uh, when, when we're confessing our sins to one another, praying for one another, um, all of these things being peaceful and generous amongst one another. That's when we start watering the soil. Mm-hmm. We start putting that like organic, 
<laughs> mineral grow nutrient stuff that my wife buys yeah. in the in the soil. That's miracle grow. That's yeah. That's like that's when we expect the the flowers to bloom. Yeah, that's where we expect the beauty to come from. Yeah, it's not from just patting it with the the shovel and you know hoping hoping it happens. Right. Hope hope you do a work, God. Yeah, you know it's like He can. But it's like, don't we want to prepare for the work? Don't we want to act yeah. like he's he's going to do yeah, it? Yeah, it, it's almost just like, hey, this is the natural. It's, it's back to my very first sermon in this series. Like, what is wisdom? Yeah. It, is, it is understanding how life works. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I think what you're saying is, get, here's the road to life. And if you're walking down this road, this path, these are the natural consequences of living in such a way. Mm-hmm. And so if you're walking in this way, you can yeah. generally expect these things to happen. Uh, but if you're not... You have no expectation that they will. Yeah. So walk down this path of wisdom and develop into this sort of community and have mm-hmm. these sorts of blessings from the Lord. Yeah. And I think, you know, one one other thing I really wanted to say, I, I meant to say in my sermon and I, I just didn't, but is that our church is really generous. Oh, yeah. Like, in so many areas. We have a, like, we're doing so well. Yeah. Um, and and I, I wanted to and I should have, you know, commended our church for that on Sunday is that, hey, we, we do this. Like... On the whole, we are a very generous church, uh, and that is a that is evident in our, uh, you know, in the way we talk and in the way we behave on a Sunday morning and in when we have events or whatever. It's like we're we're never short hands, uh, you know, when it's you know VBS time or when it's yeah. uh, camp time and when it's you know whatever other movie night we you know whatever we do. Um, and so obviously we've got, we've got places to grow. There's places that, that need servants like consistently. And, yeah. and I'm not saying we're perfect, but we're, we're good at it. And I think we've seen God bless our church. Um, and I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm not afraid to say that, that there's a direct correlation between that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I think it's great. Um, thankful for our church. Yeah. Any, anything else you got on, on Proverbs three? Um, yeah, uh, it's a great chapter. Like, just like go <laughs> go read the whole go read the whole thing. Uh, I I was really blessed by my time, you know, getting to study it, and yeah. and I I hope that I can grow uh, in peace and generosity and, and wisdom uh, one, through it. So one of the things I would just encourage, and I need to do this on Sunday morning too, but you know, there are thirty one proverbs, and so you can read one a day, and it'll take you a month. And it takes, what, 20 days to form a habit. And so if you're like, man, I want to read my Bible and I don't know where to start. It's a great start. And I, and I have a t- hard time doing it. Read one proverb a day, one mm-hmm. chapter of a day of Proverbs. And at the end of it, you'll be through a month. Yeah. And then, But don't, don't read do it in February. And don't read Ecclesiastes following because you'll be really encouraged by Proverbs and then really discouraged. Dude, by I love it. I, look, this is like, this could be its own podcast, but I'll say it. I love Ecclesiastes. Oh, man. I think it's awesome. <laughs> There's nothing new under the sun, man. <laughs> it's true. It's, Sol- good. Solomon, it's good. It's just sad. Solomon, he tried it all. He did everything. <laughs> Only one thing satisfied, fearing the Lord. Well, this <laughs> reversal of roles was uh, fun and interesting today, Ryan, but uh, I will give you this seat back next week. Okay. Um, but I'll uh, take it. I'll gladly take it. <laughs> hey, guys, thanks for joining us for the recap. We hope this conversation has encouraged you to keep striving to make Jesus essential in every aspect of your life. If you are not a part of our church family, we would love to meet you on a Sunday morning. We gather for worship at 1030 uh, a.m. For, uh, for more information, you can go to myfellowship.church. If you'd like to get in contact, you can email us at staff at myfellowship.church or fill out a question on our church app under the This Week's Sermon tab. 
Next week, we'll continue our sermon series, Wisdom for the Ages. It's Mother's Day, and we hope to hope you'll hope we'll see you then.